This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the party has returned to their ship. Morgan and Eli finished off Kanehurst. Atticus barely survived the scrap long enough to leap to safety, and Valentine made the decision to leave Cora behind to guarantee the group's safety. What will they learn from Kanehurst's data, and what can they recover for the wreckage of the Mercy for the Pure? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. Captain's Log from Grimly Moody. Holy shit, it worked. <laughs> you have all awoken back aboard the Marnie's song. And you're a little bit worse for wear, but also not dead or eaten by a horrible tyrannid monster. So you do have a bit of time uh, as uh, Grimly kind of pulls the ship back into the asteroid field uh, away from uh, the... <laughs> rending and shattering husk of uh, the mercy for the pure hmm. that is just venting dead hybrids into space at a somewhat alarming rate. Um, he's pulled back out uh, to sort of the, the edge of, of uh, the field where it's safe. Um, and uh, over the next little while, you're able to recover and, and kind of regroup uh, before making your way to sort of your next port of call. Um, as always, with kind of our interstitial uh, adventures on uh, on Valentine Heresy, uh, I kind of want to treat this as like a series of days rather than just like you all wake up. What's the first thing you do? Just because there is, uh, you all are pretty fucked up, and I think it's safe to say that like your days aren't super long at first. Um, there's obviously some recovery, um, but as you start to get kind of uh, more and more mobile, you do more and more things. So I just kind of want to hear um, what all of you would want to do, sort of in the immediate. Aftermath, uh, and then kind of once things are a little bit more settled, and then we can figure out our next steps uh, from there. Because obviously you have some evidence, you've had some adventures, and you've got some stuff to sort out. Eli really wants to get his DNA tested to figure out if there's any Tyranid shit in there, because <laughs> Kanehurst is crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. Okay, so first stop for Eli is <laughs> Tyranid testing. Yes. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, what is everyone else about? Uh, I would say one of the first things that Morgan wants to do is sneak through the vents and get into Cora's room and look through all of Cora's shit. 
and take <laughs> some of Cora's shit and also look for the drugs because in Morgan's mind, she lied to Valentine and he bought it. So if she gets rid of all of the drugs, then she didn't lie to him. Like, it was true <laughs> what she said. Okay. And also, she's kind of being a creeper because that's how she expresses her feelings is she wants to keep stuff of Cora's because she oh. had sort of semi feelings about it and her way of coping with that is just to take people's stuff like trophy style <laughs> awesome uh atticus Agnes is gonna need some new glasses uh and he's also eager to know what the next mission is and also what the fuck all that was about <laughs> like cool. just a, a an explainer a little catch-up on Kanehurst would be fantastic because that was not the man he was led to believe they were looking for Cool. And Valentine. Oh, you think Valentine only wants to do one thing? It's my boy. He's got big thoughts. Um, he would. Uh, first things first is getting the, like getting the mission back on track. Uh, he would like to find out if there's any chance Cora is still alive. And if so, organize a chance to send people over in proper void suits to try to get Cora out. Because we did see her clothes are great. So step one is if she's alive, get her the fuck out of there or recover a body. Either of those things will make him sleep better at night than not. Uh, he would want to... Make sure that the ship is sweeping the area to pick up all those fucking pods that were inside. The power went out, but they theoretically had to have their own units because they weren't plugged into the main ship. So those all seemed useful to Kotov and Valentine. He wants everything he can get there. Then it's just looking at the evidence. Uh, Definitely probably working with Kotov on anything that was lifted, any systems that they had access to, anything else that can kind of be torn out. Uh, Then he would also require that he and Morgan go through a whole bunch of religious mortification with the priest because we were exposed to a bunch of weird psyker shit uh, that was active enough to scramble tyranids. So I'm not saying that he knows that there was anything about any checks passed or failed, but he just following the rules on like make the religious man make you do all the bad things to make sure that you're still good. (laughs) Uh, And then last but not least, once that's all done, uh, just fucking burn every ounce of anything Kanehurst ever created. This abomination cannot lead to future people thinking this is a good idea. So everything's got to go. Okay. Attic- Atticus will help with that. <laughs> we will go about those in the order uh, that, that you've, you've outlined. We, we will see how successful you are at burning all the space bodies. Um, yep, that's fine. They can also just get directed towards the sun and let to kind of play out. That's <laughs> the worst case scenario. Fair enough. Okay, um, so let's uh, we can just uh, <clears throat> well you know what fuck it let's let's roll some let's roll some initiative let's see see where everyone <laughs> falls oh okay uh, on their their order just because your order may actually weirdly <laughs> matter for certain creepers amongst you moving through the vents oh no not you know pointing <laughs> fingers of course um, you can definitely take uh, either for this one because it's yeah whatever your best one is. You're only fighting each other. Eli got an advantage. Noise. We're just rolling with zero difficulty time, right? It's yeah, just total yeah, successes? Yeah. Okay. Atticus got two successes and three advantage. Ooh. Three successes and one advantage for Valentine. Morgan got three successes, three advantages. All right. So looks like Morgan, Atticus, Valentine... Eli, is that correct? Or did I I think I had one more success than Atticus. All right. Valentine. Yeah. 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 All right. So Morgan, uh, you are up first. Let's uh, let's get your metal gear on. See if you can find a a Meryl working out or something to stare at. Um, So let's go ahead with a stealth 
um, or a skullduggery. I would take either one. <laughs> um, I'm going to say difficulty of one. No one's really looking for you to be doing any of this stuff, and everyone's kind of hurt and distracted. Also, the crew is still very small, so it's not like there's like, it's not like, you know, like a Star Trek cutaway where there's just a bunch of folks in suits walking by. <laughs> it really is kind of like you guys plus the very limited staff you brought with you. So uh, go ahead. All right. Yeah. And she would definitely, she has stuff to pick locks, but she knows how to get through the vents and can just drop into that room and not even need to deal <laughs> with doors or hallways or people. Oh my gosh. Shit the bed. Three advantages. <laughs> That's it. On an insane roll. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So I'm gonna put a pin in that, I and have bad we're gonna times see. With Cora thinks. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna see what goes on with everyone else before we come back to <laughs> you. Um, okay, Valentine. Um, what is what is your? I assume your top priority is the priest. Like what? Where? Where? Top would you priority start? would be Cora. That's a person who could be still alive, who deserves to be rescued if they are still alive, or confirmed dead if not. Um. Okay. Um, and then you... it's recovery of pods floating around in space because they're going to keep getting further away and worse. Yeah. Can then you self mortification Like, flagellation. Me, Ryan, um, I think we're going to... Hmm. Can you roll me a resilience check, please? Sure. Uh, so that's resilience and brawn. Um, <clears throat> uh, you took damage during combat, yeah? Yes, I did. Okay, so there's going to be difficulty four. Uh, I'm going to spend a story point to jack it up. Um, So one red, three purple. Um, This is a check to see how quickly you recovered from both the combat injuries and the exposure to the void Mm -hmm. uh, to see what state the mercy for the pure is by the time you're able to start giving orders. So I would say um, that you can use your combat hardened, like unshakable against dazed and, and that sort of thing. It's supposed to knock what two setback off. Uh, that sounds right. Where is the rule? One, uh, one, one setback is okay. Removed. Since I'm not giving you any setback for that, uh, I'll let you take that as a boost. Okay. Um, yeah, that's it from my end. I think. I will use a story point uh, to represent the benefaction of the Emperor and also his general paranoia around everything Korra, because I think that can wake him up. The pods will just keep floating. It just takes sure. longer to recover them. Um, Korra I'll, is slightly more urgent. I'll also give you one more boost, um, because I feel like uh, Thaddeus Thunderhorn would be working on you more than the others, given that you are the Inquisitor aboard the ship. Hmm. Uh, plus, he liked you. You've been real nice to him. So that would, of course, never interfere with his whatever the dark version of the Hippocratic Oath is, which is probably like, <laughs> The Emperor's Skull Throne promise or whatever the shit. But um he uh yeah. He knows he knows who who he should save if he can only save one. Okay. And let's see what happens. Oh, that is so weird. A triumph, two failures, and a threat. Buh. Hmm. The oh. Valentine special. <laughs> that's fucked up <laughs> okay um, uh, okay you know what um, I need all of you to make the same check for me please 
before I can determine the results of Ryan's check. Cool. God. All of these are just weird, like intercut nonsense rolls. I apologize. So resilience check? Yeah, resilience check against difficulty of four. I can't possibly spend three that many purple story and points. one red, right? No, I can't spend that many story points. <laughs> so it's just uh four purple for four purple. All of you. Uh, I have two successes, two advantage. I have one threat. Okay. <laughs> one success, four advantage. Okay. Um, so Atticus and Eli, you come to first. Would I don't think either of you would have issued an order to go after Cora. Do you disagree? No. I don't disagree. Okay. I feel like if it was Morgan, we would probably have a pretty solid case. But I don't think, like, yeah. Okay. People we know who are alive in front of us are the priority. I think yeah. where Atticus, Atticus's background of his service so far is like, that That person's behind, left behind, that's up to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you, great. You move on. Okay, so with all that in mind, um, Ryan, you don't wake up super early with the three failures, but you do get a triumph. So I'm kind of curious what we want to do about that. Um, I think I'm going to say that a few, let's say two days, three days, let's say three days have passed uh, since you got off the ship. Atticus and Eli, you woke up two days afterward, um, but Valentine and Morgan, it took you another another day to kind of shake it off. Um, with that in mind, a bunch of things have happened to and around the mercy's pure between now and then, or the uh, mercy for the pure between now and then. Ryan, to your mind, like, what would you ideally want to spend your triumph on, knowing that I'm going to temper it with what I know has happened between now and then on the ship? Yeah, see, I think logically and narratively with, like, the Emperor's beneficence and all the things that are going on in Valentine's life, I don't think this triumph applies to Korra. I think that's just the order he would give when he wakes up. Yeah. I think it's about the investigation and the ongoing work. Like, it's just like, oh, Kotov has done very well with what's been discovered is kind okay. of where I would see that paying Fair off. Enough. So we'll say, yeah, he's made made strides then with, with um, the stuff. So basically, rather than you having to roll a bunch of investigative shit, he's just been like working on it. Because I think he actually does bounce back pretty quickly just because he's like more machine than man. Um, and uninjured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I like that. So you do send out teams. Um, however, uh, well, the pods, a, a bunch of the pods are recoverable. Uh, the various bits of that ship that keep exploding are making getting anywhere near it a real concern. Um, so because of what Kanehurst brought aboard, things he'd scrapped, as well as just the ancient architecture of it, um, it is a it is an unstable and unpleasant space to get anywhere near without some serious serious threats to uh, your admittedly small ship, um, which makes recovery efforts uh, somewhat difficult. Um, that said, um, upon uh, your your waking, uh, a Grimly does kind of bring you in a bit closer to to kind of uh, see what can be seen. 
Um, and uh, there are no life signs uh, being picked up um, from uh, sort of distance scans. Um, if you want to try and recover the body, a mission could be mounted, but um, all the sensors are suggesting that this is a... a you'd be putting Marnie, the Marnie song at risk to try and get much closer than you currently can. Yeah, if the scans say it's down... Chorus funeral will be taking place at noon today uh, in the midst of the ships. The scans are negative for life signs, even faint, and moving any closer will risk the rest of us, which we cannot allow to take place. Everyone bring a moment of remembrance and open your hearts to the Emperor. Frankly, she won the race to beat us to him. Good for her. <laughs> Hey, it's Del. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to The Valentine Heresy. And if you are so inclined, we at Dum Dums and Dice have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. There's tiers from $1 to $25 a month, which gets you super cool stuff and also helps support creatives like us, uh, specifically us, you know, doing this stuff. For just $1 a month, you can join our Discord, which is for patrons only, but you gain access to it forever. You can come hang out with us and talk about 40k and share your models and be super nerdy because honestly, we're all super nerdy there. So if you feel so inclined and would like to support the shows, come on over and join us. Uh, it's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. That's right. Just type it, type it in the search bar, uh, patreon.com slash dumdumdice. And we'll see you over there. Thanks. So that resolves the question <laughs> of Cora and the pods. Uh, cool. Okay. Um, so pods recoverable, Cora not recoverable. <laughs> so yeah. We call them those. Uh, yeah, because the a lot of the pods, to your point, drifted away from the ship. So yep. it's easy to kind of like pick through the wreckage at distance. It's basically just like the Hulk is a constant nightmare of like occasionally like some plasma coil will blow and just like knock space shrapnel in every direction. And because we're we're not nimble, nimble, um, you know, like Galactica fighters uh, <laughs> with like lots of thrust. It's just kind of a do you want to get close to the constantly exploding shrapnel bomb in space? You can, but bad, bad news bears. Um, not impossible, just unpleasant. Um, okay. Um, Atticus and Eli, you woke up early, so I think we're going to move to yours before we figure out if anyone saw Morgan, and I think this might actually help resolve this for me. So, Eli, let's start with you. Um, you, uh, you awake, and, uh, of course, with concerns that you might have weird tyrannid shit in you. Uh, you make your way to uh, Dr. Thaddeus Thunderhorn. Where do we wake up? Have we just been... You've been tended to. Like, oh, you've, okay. It's not like they just left you in the cargo bay. Yeah. Like, whatever, <laughs> you'll be fine. Like, they like th they, they clearly recovered you, have treated your wounds. Okay. You've been, like, administered to for a couple of days with fluids and everything else to kind of, like, bring your bodies back from void damage, bring mm -hmm. of death. Um, even if you were healthy from the combat, being exposed to vacuum for a couple minutes is not a treat but 40k medical science may not be pleasant 
but it is effective uh, (laughs) sometimes. So, um, yeah, you kind of like wake up probably in your quarters, honestly, having been administered to and kind of put there to to rest. Um, Eli marches at full speed with purpose to Thaddeus Thunderhorns. Uh, what is uh, what is it like approaching the uh, heretical uh, beast man doctor for or just over it because you don't you care need services don't care <laughs> gotta know this is so much more important than whatever he's doing here <laughs> your, your it's personal doing biases yeah. um, all right cool so you um you storm in and he's he's busy like looking at uh, Valentine's charts. Um, and uh, he just kind of uh, is slightly startled uh, and like quickly kisses his uh, his uh, Aquila necklace and he turns and just says, um, uh, oh, yes, uh, Mr. Sharp, you're up Did everyone survive? Um, I'm afraid that uh, the interrogator did not return with you, uh, uh, Cora, our, oh, Cora, our visiting uh, xenobiologist. Okay. Is that everyone else is, everyone else sect? is fine. But yes, I mean, I've done some extensive... Okay, uh, uh, and then <laughs> uh, Eli just, like, he goes over to, like, what whatever bed is in, like, the infirmary. It's, med- it's well, I mean, bed. like, Kotal's been working on it, man. It's well-stocked, if a little spooky. Yeah, yeah he just goes down, it's like, lays lays down on it, just, like, test me for tear in a DNA right now. Oh. And, like, all sense of kind of, like, the, the vaguely whimsical, like, don't hurt me. I'm just a friendly beast man hanging out with you. Drops away. Um, because honestly, like, this is his own concern about his own biology. Like, you've you've touched on something he cares deeply about. So just very um, meticulously, he immediately kind of rolls over um, a big, gnarly-looking uh, machine of, like, needles and, and, you know, other very spiky bits. I don't think there's a single round shape other than skulls <laughs> yeah. and shoulder pads in the 40K universe. So like there's nothing nothing pleasant here. Um and uh he says um I will do my best although uh I admit this may also be a a, a task for uh Dr. Kotov but do you trust him enough to uh assist me in this this task or do you simply require I don't trust you? his motives. I mean I don't trust you but that is for the more best. Than I him. am an abomination. Kiss the rosette. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna roll for Thaddeus and see how okay. he does. Um, excuse me. I'm sitting here looking at my boost, being like, "Does he get a boost from you just talking him through what he should be looking for?" <laughs> you're no, you're no xenobiologist. You, you don't know, got this. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> that advice began and ended with tyrannid DNA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got two failures and two advantage, which is kind of fucked up. Um, so he does what tests he can. Um, and he is legitimately mad. He does that like doctor in a movie thing where they, they're told there's a patient they can't save where he like slams his hand down on one of the gurnt, like the little side tables, just denting it with his sort of massive strength. Um, and, uh, he just says, uh, thrones blessings. I can't. It's, Mr. Sharp, I know you don't trust Dr. Kotov, but 
unfortunately, his particular branch of heretical science. Oh, how hard is it? You take the blood, you put it in the thing, (laughs) and it spins, and you compare it to the DNA, whatever the, that's, you just do it. I wasn't aware there was a trained Medicae aboard other than myself. Perhaps you would like to spin it? And he, like, just fucking spins the blood. You can tell he is very frustrated with this situation, but now also with you. Yeah, no, do not talk to me like that. Shut your mouth. Get Kotov here. And you just hear him, like, muttering something about skull throne oaths. <laughs> he kisses his, <laughs> angrily kisses his Aquila. Oh, Eli does not have time for him to waste time to be angry. <laughs> this fucking... Well, Dr. Thaddeus Thunderhorn uh, doesn't have a lot of time for people who aren't Valentine right now. So he he kind of turns uh, on his heel and um, just mutters to himself as he leaves, like, this will be in my report to the Inquisitor. And he storms off down the hall. Uh, Eli, you were left in, in your least favorite place in perhaps the entire galaxy, alone, sober, in a room with your thoughts. And we will look back around to how that's working for you in a moment. Uh, Atticus, uh, you've awoken. Um, of course, I'm sure. Quick check to make sure that your Inquisitor survived. He did. Um, what uh, what, is your, what is your kind of like... I know you mentioned your glasses, next mission debrief, but given that Valentine is required for two of those three, yeah. Um, is there any investigation you would do in the meantime, or would you just kind of wait for, for him to come to? Uh, he'd want to know what our current status is, if we need to be on high alert for anything like that. Um, are we obliterating any, like, tyrannid uh, remains that we find in space or anything like that? Um, what of the bloated floating corpse of Kanehurst kind of thing? He would want all of that information. So he's just just marching around uh, with his vision somewhat blurry because he doesn't have any glasses, uh, uh, trying to trying to get answers. Um, yep. So he's going to everyone who was conscious and aboard uh, cool. while everyone else was out. So um, they've done good work uh, on you, but it is still kind of like field dressed um yeah so, i imagine like bandages and like his his yeah flesh arm and like a sling and stuff like that yeah yeah you've got yeah. a ton of stitches but yeah like heavily bandaged face um uh yeah okay so um grimly uh fills you in on on kind of uh the situation and essentially due to the unstable nature of the still exploding hulk um we're basically at distance like a safe distance away and anything that floats by, he's just been blasting. Um, okay. So a few pods also got shot before uh, Valentine woke up. But as we established, there were an awful lot. So it's not it's it's a negligible loss. Um, however, he has been keeping keeping distance um, because like the the thing is an uh, is an unstable nightmare fest, right? <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of the corpse of Kanehurst, yeah, uh, again, danger close to get in there, but that is a fairly significant thing. I guess the question for you is, would you be capable, or not capable, would you give that order before Valentine woke up, or would you want to confer with him? You know, boots on the ground facing an enemy, that's more Atticus's wheelhouse. He's so out of his depth here. I think just with this most recent report about what we can do, but the inherent risks, uh, he'll just kind of take it all in and say, uh, the Inquisitor will know what to do. We'll wait for his recovery. 
All right. Um, so having accomplished that, it's it's time for some glasses. Here's the question. Did you go into Thaddeus Thunderhorn or are you going to Gideon Kotov? I'm going to Thaddeus Thunderhorn because uh, he's in the like med lab or whatever. Yep. Uh, taking care of Valentine. And I think Eli's probably in there also. And I guess it's just going through all the drawers, just looking for glasses. <laughs> just like he's he, like the glasses that he has had and has broken many times over are like just sort of like standard issue, like junk glasses. That's mm-hmm. why they're it's OK for him to wear them and lose them. Um, so he's just looking for a, 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 like a spare pair. He's just going through drawers. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so uh, you're at a bit of a disadvantage here because this ship was never properly stocked as a it, lens it was crafters. Stocked, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> as a lens crafters, he said. Yeah. Yes, very good. Um, yeah, there's More a zeni.com. I'm optical man myself, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, there, you, you can go try on some Warby Parker frames in a mirror and then like in six to eight weeks, you'll you'll get them and then realize they don't fit your face. Um, Warby Parker. That's what it is in the 40K universe. Oh. Warby Parker. Oof. Oof. Yeah, and on Orc Plants, Warby Parker. You know, there's, there's options. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, there aren't. Uh, I know exactly the kind of glasses you're talking about. There just aren't any on here because mm-hmm. there there should be realistically, but because it's never been stocked for those purposes, uh, there isn't. However, um, Billingberg, being a, a man of refined taste, uh, certainly had a a, a small uh, case that has been you know just added to the general medical bay. Uh, in which is a uh, a low prescription uh, monocle. So I think like for the short term, you can have like a monocle on like an incredibly expensive golden chain um, that's probably got some like proper steampunk like flourishes around it. It would definitely like fit in in higher society. Um, you get the sense he probably <laughs> used it as a uh, he probably used it as a prop more than an, an actual optical aid. However, it gives you enough that you can like squint and and kind of uh, get a better vision of like you're still not seeing super clearly, but it's it's better. Okay. You must be the Monopoly guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do not pass Ultramar. Do not gain two hundred thrones. Uh, I uh, Atticus in. What might on the outside seem like an uncharacteristic kind of uh, uncharacteristically cooperative nature with um, the doctor who's you just that said. Thunderhorn. Thank you. Thunderhorn. Dr. Thunderhorn uh, will be assisting him in any way he can. But it's really to just make sure he doesn't fuck around with <laughs> Valentine and Eli uh, and that he can be there right when Valentine wakes up. Okay, fair enough. So um, you probably witness the storm off then, just like as you're arriving. Yeah. Um, so Eli, you're you're briefly left as like Atticus and Thunderhorn cross paths in the hall. 
uh, alone with your thoughts. So I do want to know like what's 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 eating Eli in, in this this moment alone in the the medical room. Uh, Eli's pissed off. He's impatient. Uh, he'd really likes to, some stiff musk, but fuck, he also doesn't doesn't want his mind to be clouded. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Fair enough. Uh, at which point Atticus comes in and loots around for classes. Yeah, before Atticus timing. comes in. Like, what was his problem? Just referencing Thunderhorn. <laughs> he's he's not as good at his job as he should be. Did he do anything to you? No, that's the point. He he didn't do nothing. No, he's useless. Huh. Well, what's the matter with you? You look all right. For the all most right. part. Yeah, let's just hope I don't have goddamn tearing a DNA in me. What do you mean? And it becomes unintelligible. <laughs> oh, no, hold on. What do you mean, tearing a DNA? What was that? You saw those saw those pieces of the mutants. Those, you know how long Morgan and I were with Kanehurst? Who knows what he did? Oh, you should probably, a... should probably get the hell away. Well, you should be quarantined. You're not going to lie in a bed beside the Inquisitor if you've got <laughs> tyranny stuff in you. No. No, you're, no, you're right. Oh, no, you're I'm right. I'm going to march you to your quarters right now. Yes. Yes, just stay back. And, with that, and, and Eli like... will leave and, like, march. <laughs> To yeah. his own quarters. Fair enough. And Atticus, you you, you quarantine him in there. Yep. A very confused Gideon Kotov shows up like a minute later to an empty <laughs> room. Uh, and is like, well, um, I, now I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before kind of like just turning on his heel and going back to the lab. Um, but um, time goes on. Morgan wakes up. Valentine wakes up. Uh, Valentine, you get the news that the pods are recoverable. Core isn't. You announce the funeral. Um, and finally, we're all kind of uh, up and about. Um, Atticus, I feel like you would be the one most likely to catch Morgan in the act since she's in the vents and you're kind of not having an existential crisis about whether or not you're a hybrid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Morgan wakes up in her quarters to find that her door doesn't open. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she goes into the vents maybe i don't know yeah. sure yeah 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 um <laughs> because Atticus is like oh well i don't know what any of this shit means but you're not allowed in until doctor takes a look at you all right fair enough so maybe we'll say that's the the fails that morgan you actually can't get caught out here because technically you're in quarantine but you just don't know it um <laughs> would you have tried the door when you woke up yeah, probably. And then realize that it was locked and, yeah, screw it. I'm going to try and, yeah. Okay. Go through um, forest stuff. Valentine, can you please roll me a, I think just perception. Cool. We're going to say uh, difficulty of, oh, I don't know, two. You're not actively listening for a Morgan in the vents, but you might happen to hear one. Uh, I'm not going to spend any start points to make your life easier, Dell. but you can spend one to make your life easier if you want. Whatever happens, happens, man. This is just <laughs> good, good instinct over here. All right, Valentine, how about you? Uh, I think his focus would be elsewhere, so I wouldn't yep. use the story point for this. Fair enough. 
Let's see what happens. One triumph, two advantage. Oh. <laughs> she shouldn't have worn Jesus. those tap shoes. Um, <laughs> yeah, you absolutely hear rumbling in the vent. Uh, <laughs> and then I think um, the sound of someone dropping into uh, Cora's room. <laughs> well, it, if, it, if it helps story-wise, I guess an easy way to pin it would be that she would be trying to go through Cora's stuff you know, to distract herself. But while unconscious, probably had terrible nightmares. So you probably just hear a crying Morgan is coming from Cora's room. Yeah, I think he also realistically would have set it off if they were going to have to send you through a bunch of tests. He'd let Atticus lock you in your room, but the moment you touch the door, he would set up a chime to be like, okay, now I can walk Morgan over to go get... You know, her DNA tested to make sure we're clear. Only then he hears, like, crying and thumping from (laughs) Cora's room instead of yours. He just opens the door. Uh, What does he see? He would see just Morgan uh, sitting with her knees pulled up in the... Backed into a corner with her hands over... Like, like Left 4 Dead witch style. Just sitting in a corner, crying. And But as soon as she hears the door open, she would try to, like, stop. And just be like, I'm sitting in a corner. <laughs> At casual. Like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, I think Valentine would uh, step into the room and close the door and sit down as well. And then not look at you, just look into the distance because he is very not equipped to have any sort of emotional conversation. <laughs> and just be like... I understand that you cared about Cora more than was appropriate. So it is appropriate that you mourn both her passing and your failure. But she died, as the Emperor willed it, as I willed it, and as was your mission. And in the way that she died, she became an Imperial hero sacrificing herself to save our party and defeat a great evil, meaning no souls were stained with her loss, and great heroism was achieved in her death. I may have been incorrect about Cora, but the Emperor took her with him into the great endless war against the Dark. Morgan will kind of wipe her face and look up from be- beneath her hair. It's all must. And I, I told you she was useful. And you were correct. Now, I will take any of the writings kept in this place and any other significant, significant inquisitorial requirements. If there's a rosette, if there's anything else like that. But once I walk those out of here, along with the illicit drugs that I know she was hiding, uh, you may loot whatever you please. I'll give you a few minutes to crawl back through the vents and return to your room so Atticus does not threaten both of our lives. And then we need to scan your DNA to ensure there is no tyrannid remnants inside you. Yes, Inquisitors, that's that's fair. Depending on how the evidence comes in, 
you may have discharged your obligation to me and to the Inquisition. I hope you will give your future some thought. Inquisitor. She's still, she's still like wiping her eyes. And he'll just reach into his, his coat and just take out a handkerchief. And it's just got like a little, you know, LV in the corner with a, a laurel <laughs> wreath behind it and just offer it to you. Oh, oh, yeah, she'll definitely take that. And not looking at him, but... You, in the heat of battle, you, you are very good at your job. Well, thank you. I was trained by the Scholar Progenium and I served the Emperor. But everyone carried out their duties most finely. The kill shot, I believe, was yours. Yes, and good riddance. I'm, I'm glad to leave him and that ship and all of that in, behind us. Yes, I will do my best to make sure it's hurled into the sun of this abominable system. Or at least smashed apart by all of the asteroids. I would like to see it. And I'm certain that Eli enjoyed the adventure as well. But I I think you are a better Inquisitor than Kanehurst ever was. And, well, I would like to stay if you would have me. Yes, I will. Inquisitor. Interrogator. And he will turn and exit. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan Aplant at the Ryan Aplant on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn 1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, D&D and Things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, and Jill and Noel Laplante. 
If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Meet Pia Casely, a journalist with a nose for a good story. Do you know who the last person to interview Julie Capsom was? Me. Meet Brenda Bentley, a dogged detective with a case she can't let go. Nobody came closer than I did, and that's why I was kicked off the force. Together, they solve the cold cases no one else can. That's when things got weird. And we haven't even gotten to the torso yet. If they don't kill each other first, that is. Well, you've got another thing coming. You know, I think it's you've got another thing coming. Or perhaps there's something else between them. Well, if the feeling's mutual, call it a mutual feeling. Arden, a podcast about crime, romance, and everything else. Season 1 and 2 now available. Brought to you by Wayface Industries. The good